This is Moonshine and Scoreboards with Kevin, Landon, and Justin. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Moonshine and Scoreboards. I'm your host, Kevin, and I'm joined with my wonderful co-host, Justin. Hello, Justin. What is up, Kevin? It is great to be back and in the presence of a big brain. Big brain, mega mind. I bow down to your superior sports knowledge, Kevin. I mean, I don't want to say I told you all so, but (laughs) I told you all so. Um, what a, oh, there's a whole, there, what a week, man. There's a whole segment devoted just to me. I just want to, everybody know that yeah. it's called the Kevin was right segment mm-hmm. where I get to gloat for a few minutes. Um, but yeah, dude, what a week, uh, a good week. Is it a good week? Was that a good week? I think so. I think when you get some surprises, um, and a couple exciting games. Like it was good enough. I not every game has to be a competitive, you know, fun uh, watching experience. But you get a few surprises in there, and you get to see some good like performances, some possibly Heisman level performances. And you know, I I think you know, looking back on week one of college football, I think you were right. You you had said like, this. This really is the Kevin was right segment. <laughs> You had said on paper it didn't look like it was going to be a good week one of college football, but uh, it was going to surprise us, I think, to paraphrase, and, and I think you were right. Yeah. Um, I think it had its ups and its downs, you know, starting Thursday night with the Utah-Florida game. I think a lot of people thought that was going to be a little bit of a better of a game than it was. Yeah. Um, Gators laid a dud to invest in the Netflix stock, I guess. Um or I guess it's Sunbelt Billy is in charge there, not Urban Meyer. So he's too invested in matching socks <laughs> with the whole team than worried about winning games. Um, you know, I can dig that. I'm I'm into matching socks. Yeah, man. I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to like uh, eventually brainwash all of my coworkers uh, every like for every day of the week. I'm trying to implant in their brains that we're supposed to wear a specific color. And mm-hmm. I'm just trying to see how far my influence actually goes. So, for example, Tuesday's Blues Day. Everybody's supposed to wear blue. Tuesday, right. Blues Day. And that's what I say every week. And it's it's a fun game of mine to see who actually joins in to that. So, you know, Billy Napier's just jumping on like you, you are much more of a team. And he knows he's got influence over his team if he's wearing the same socks they are. That's just how it works. <laughs> The thing is, though, does he have influence over his team? No, I don't know. Because <laughs> I don't think he does. <laughs> you may be right. I, th- I think he's a little. I think he's a little lost there. Yeah. Um, one might say in over his head, but that's another conversation for hopefully a couple weeks from now. Yeah. Um, hey, before we get too far into it, I, I do want to say a couple things, just in general, some housekeeping kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, hit me. Yeah, so first of all, thanks everybody who listened to the pilot episode last week. Appreciate you all finding it on the Passholder Lounge podcast feed. And for those of you who reached out, there was a lot of positive feedback on episode one. So, well, episode zero, as we were calling it. So, <laughs> week zero. <laughs> yeah, week, week zero of, of Moonshine and Scoreboard. So, <laughs> so, yeah, so thanks, everybody, for listening. Appreciate that. And, you know, as we continue to go, uh, I promise two things. One, Kevin's audio is going to get better. And two, 
<laughs> we're going to have our own specific feed for this podcast. So, it, you know, it'll it'll have its own world that it lives in and you'll, you'll be able to find it on all of your podcatchers standing alone as it should. So right. that's a couple of things I wanted to say. And also, welcome. If this is your first time listening to the show, uh, you know, we introduced ourselves off the top. But, but this is our Southern sports show about college football, but also other sports. And Southern we're sports. Couple, we're just a couple guys who don't really know too much, but we like to talk about sports. So, Right. Yes. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for the feedback. Like Justin said, I I'm, I will get internet. I promise. Um, right now, I'm recording from my phone in my basement in my house. So in the I'm waiting to see in the hills of East Tennessee, on the shadow of Neyland Stadium. Yeah. Um, actually, about thirty minutes away, but nonetheless, um, yeah. So I promise. Actually, on the next episode, I will sound a lot better. I promise. Um, but yes, thank you very much for the feedback, for listening, and yeah, now it's time to get the show on the road with our own our on our own legs. Yeah, let's away from the pass holder lounge for a little while. <laughs> uh, so let's see. Um, we started talking about week one. Yeah, I guess we could go ahead and dive into our reactions from week one. Uh, we can we can start with Tennessee game if you want to. Um, you know, our, our, our big fan base, uh, we're big Tennessee fans. So I guess we should start with what we know best. Uh, and that's, and that's the balls winning by a nice comfortable game of 49, 13 against the UVA Cavaliers. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to have a hot take here and I texted you during the game and you had, you had to have known this was coming. I'm not as impressive as I thought I would be. Yeah. Uh, the the opening drive, I guess I'm still used to the offense from last year where it was like we score in five, six, maybe seven plays. And I felt like that opening drive took a while. Granted, we scored, but I feel like it took a while. Um, and I've taken a lot of praise this episode, but I have to give you some praise. You correctly called that we're going to be leaning on the run game a lot. Oh, thanks. And... I feel like you're very, very right. I didn't, I didn't know if you were that right when you said it, but looking at the offense and looking at our three really good running backs, I, I think that we're going to be leaning on that. I, I think I'm with you. I think that run game is going to, going to carry us this year. Yeah, I think so. And and I think that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, we've got some good experience and and some new talent on the offensive line and as they continue to develop their uh, chemistry and and get a hang for their positions. I think Campbell is going to be a great left tackle for us. Um, I think once we get Cooper Mays back, hopefully in a couple of weeks, who knows if he plays for Florida. But I just think with the three-headed running back room that we have, all three of those guys can go, could probably start at a lot of programs around the country. Mm -hmm. And Joe, Joe Milton is still Joe Milton. I mean, he's a guy that can throw the ball a country mile and will on occasion. <laughs> and he'll throw a basketball a country mile. He'll throw he'll go on any sports show and they ask him to throw something, he'll throw it as far as he can. I wish he wouldn't do that. But yeah. <laughs> but, he does. but he does. But um 
I, I, I think he has developed some touch. I really like that throw to Ramel Keaton that Keaton just muffed was beautiful. I mean, it was actually a little short, um, which may have caused Keaton to like change his stride up a little bit. And maybe that's why he dropped it. I, I, I'm going to say that was just first game jitters. We're not going to see a drop like that from Keaton again this year. Um, but I, we have talented receivers too. I just think Joe is a guy who's going to go hot and cold. And I think that we're going to have to use the run more frequently to set up the pass, set up that play action, set up, you know, bring the safeties up, bring the linebackers up, and then hit those deep balls that Joe knows he can throw. And and I think that's what we're going to see. So as we start to, like, get used to this new um, lineup, this new offensive lineup, you know they'll 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 work out the kinks next week. We're not going to learn anything playing Austin P. J- Joe Milton's probably going to throw for three hundred in the first half because um, they real. This is going to be the worst team we play this year. And um, if you look last week, they got demolished uh, by their you know the their division two opponent or whoever they were playing. So uh, I I I am hoping at least that maybe this is like a first half kind of game for the starters. Um, and we're not going to learn too much. And then we go into Florida and then, and then we're really going to see in Gainesville how things shake out. Cause, um, that's going to be the first real, the, the test of the Joe Milton era, uh, in the swamp. And it's not insurmountable, but it is the Gators. And we all know Tennessee's history. Now, I don't think, I really think J- Josh Heupel as coach of the Tennessee Volunteers, I don't think that we are susceptible to these streaks and curses nearly like we've been in the past. But battered vol syndrome, I'm always going to think we might lose to the Gators until we beat them. So that's just how it's going to be. So I'm looking forward to that. But, yeah, I I think this year we're we're probably not going to have a Blitnikoff winner. No. (laughs) But, But we could have... A running back, sort of in that discussion of of uh, uh, what's the running back award? Doak Walker. Yeah, the Doak Walker. That's right. We yeah. could have a running back in that discussion at the end of the year. I, we'll I think we could. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I'm immediately going to walk back my take of Joe Milton is going to win the Heisman. I, I, I don't. I don't see that happening. Um, he. Uh, the, I think the big thing um, with him. It's kind of like what you hit on. It's not so much that he had a, he was, he threw bad balls or anything like that. It's more of, and I didn't, I really didn't think this was going to be the case, but the receivers are not the same as what we had last year. I, I thought that, I know that Ramel Keaton drop was a brutal drop. It was bad. Yeah. Um, and even if he catches that, I don't, I'm not saying it's a totally different uh, game. But if, like, Milton's line is totally different, but it does look a little bit better. Um, granted, Milton's line was good enough to win SEC Offensive Player of the Week. That was a puzzle. Wait, that's a very puzzle. That was very confusing to me. Yeah. That Milton and Milrow were the Offensive Players of the Week. And I was like, Really? But I guess that kind of talks about something that I want to talk about later on going through week one is, is the SEC down this year? Like, are we, is this, is this going to be a year that aside from Georgia, 
are we going to have any one loss SEC teams aside from Georgia? Is or are we going to are we going to have a down year for for a big conference? Um, but I uh, I don't know. I think I I have this, and I have like I said earlier. I, I'm kind of talking about more. I'm kind of in the mindset of last year's offense a little bit more. It's going to take some time for me to get out of that. Um, because 49 points, yes, that's a lot of points. But I felt like it should have been like 60, 56, 60, somewhere in that range, which I know the listeners are like, that's only another touchdown, Kevin. I know. But something about hanging a 50-burger on somebody feels a little bit better than not. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I mean, I, I hear you and I agree with you. Um, I think the first quarter after that first drive, which I missed, I didn't even see the first touchdown. Um, so right. for me, so for me, I, I I start watching the game after we had our only touchdown of the first quarter, and then it took a right. while to track again. <laughs> um, and you're texting me at that time. You were like eight and four. Yep, I was you down. You, <laughs> I was down bad, man. I was like, we're we're in trouble. <laughs> you you were, and and I have to say this. Um, I don't. For, well, first of all, I'm going to ask you do you do you stand do you stand by that new record prediction of eight and four, or no, was that no, just no, a knee no. jerk? That was a knee jerk to like the first, not so much the first drive, but like the first half. Yeah, the first half. The first half wasn't really, you know, didn't really move the needle for me. Yeah. Um, eight and four. No, that's just. In the moment, Kevin, being dramatic, uh, I think I think if the offense plays like they played against Virginia, um, eleven and one's out the window. I don't see that happening. Um, Twelve and one surely out the window. Twelve and zero surely out the window if the offense plays like that. Um, not so much just the offense, but the special teams too. Oof! I, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to be. Barking on the offense only and not paying attention to the special teams. The special teams was atrocious. Yeah, I'm um, concerned about that, to be honest. Yeah, you can't have punts going 15 yards. You cannot have it at all. You can't make mistakes like that, fumbling punts, fumbling kickoffs. You can't You can't do that against Georgia and Alabama and expect to win. You can't. I mean, look at Alabama last year. They, they did that, and they lost. Case um, in point, Clemson. Exactly. Yeah. You, I mean, I saw. I heard a stat today about that game. They had all these possessions in the second half and didn't have a touchdown or a punt. It's it was all turnovers. Yeah. I was like, yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> that was. Um, yeah. Don't want to say I told you so, but I told you so. <laughs> um, it, but you know, to to the Tennessee game, I I think. I think if the offense plays like that, ten and two is probably where we'll end up at. Maybe nine and three. Yeah. Um, I wanna. I wanna say maybe nine and three with with a loss to A and M. I think that A and M game, like you had said a couple last week, mm-hmm. the A and M game might trip us up. Um, yeah. I don't like that it's at home. That doesn't root for anything in my favor, but. And as much as it pains me to say, I could see a trip up to Kentucky too. Oh no, we're fine. Don't worry about Kentucky. Yeah. I, I was just yeah. saying I don't worry about curses. But one thing I know is Tennessee beats Kentucky. <laughs> um, That's true. Yeah. So <laughs> sorry to all my Kentucky listeners. Um, 
so yeah, I think you're right. I think like nine and a half is the appropriate number, which is I think a lot of experts had Tennessee at nine and a half as the over right. this year. And I think that's fair after game one. I want to say this though. You're right. Special teams, I honestly I think that's a fair concern. I think if you look at what we were able to do, I know that Virginia Tech or Virginia was missing their starting uh, defensive tackle, like this guy, mm-hmm. their best player on defense. I, I get that. But they have a solid defensive line. And our offensive line had their way with them all day. Um, you save a couple bad holding calls, and it was a really clean game, and we really dominated the line of scrimmage. Now, it's it's Virginia, and I realize they're not great, but they are a power conference team. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think you can just totally dismiss that out of hand. Um, and I do think the defense looks pretty good. Now, I'm worried because, I don't know, you heard the news, I'm sure, about uh, Keenan Pilly. Yep. Um, he may be done for the season, possibly. Um, which Yeah, which, I saw extended amount of time, which yeah. doesn't bode well. Not great but, for linebacker. But... We could scoot some guys over and maybe slide Area Carter. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he's not a middle linebacker. I know he's an edge linebacker, but we could maybe make some adjustments. I've, I've seen his name. I've seen Elijah Herring's name a lot popping up. So I think one of those two guys could pop up. But um, I am with you there. I, I know I've been very negative about Tennessee today. Uh, the defense was outstanding. They played great. Yeah, outstanding. I loved what I saw. But they played great. Uh, yeah, I loved what I saw defensively. Um, so I was I was very very happy with that. Um, the other thing that I want to get with is uh, well I'm I'm done with the Tennessee game. If you are, All right, do you have any on. other talks? All right. Aside from the Tennessee game. The Florida State LSU game, the Colorado TCU game, mm-hmm. and a little bit of the North Carolina South Carolina game. Mm-hmm. There was nothing that was overly, you know, exciting this weekend. Um, our top teams that we thought were going to have be powerhouses. Just to me, they very much so underperformed. Um, and I think none uh, none bigger than Ohio State only scoring 23 points against Indiana. I think that is extremely eye-opening to a lot of people. Um, me especially, because I had Ohio State pretty high up there. Um, but winning 23-3 to against Indiana, I mean, when I saw that score, I was like, oh, okay, that's the first half score. You know, and then it said final next to it. And I was like, what? <laughs> and my question is, I didn't watch a whole lot of that game. I was really watching, you know, Tennessee and, and then Colorado. Um, but my my big question is, do Ohio State fans, are they scared that they don't have a quarterback? <laughs> because if you look back, like, look back at Ohio State, I want to say like as far back as Troy, Troy Smith. Oh, well. They've yeah. had yeah. a good quarterback almost every year since then. Um, they went Troy Smith, and shortly after that, they had Braxton Miller, JT Barrett, Cardell Jones, 
Shortly after that, they had Dwayne Haskins. Shortly after that, it went Justin Fields, then C.J. Stroud. I mean, they've just been producing quarterbacks left and right. And and these two guys that they've got there right now are not good. Yeah, it's actually really similar to the Clemson situation because I think Clemson would say the same thing. They They've had a run of quarterbacks since... Oh, I don't know who was their the first really good one. Was it Taj Boyd back in the day? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and really since then, um, and now they've got Klubnik. <laughs> and yeah, it's so funny. I was looking at the the Heisman odds today, like the preseason Heisman odds, and I saw Klubnik was like maybe tenth uh, on the list. I'm like, I wonder how far <laughs> those odds are going to be. Like. I saw yesterday, right before the game, he was like fourth. He, I was yeah, like, "You got up there." What are we talking about? Yeah, it was wild. Like, but, but I think you're right. I mean, we've got our, our good friend Nate, uh, who who would love to weigh in on this, I'm sure. But uh, and Keenan as well, both of them big Ohio State fans. But um, I think that they are in a situation that is not unfamiliar. Uh, to Tennessee fans because we went through that as well after our decade of dominance in the 90s and then we mm-hmm. we ran out of quarterbacks at one point and we were in the Rick Clawson era before you knew it and um, man I you, you know everybody says and we all know football is a team sport but if you don't have a guy who can win you a game under center it, it's like not having a point guard in basketball Right. I mean, you can you can win a lot of games, but but when it comes down to it, you've got to have a guy that you can put the ball in his hands and say, "Go get us a first down. Go get us a touchdown. Move the ball, you know, or eat the clock or whatever it is you need him to do." And if you don't have a guy under center that can manage the team and and make plays when you need it, I don't care what else you've got going on on the offense. Um, it, you, you I, I don't think that you can win a championship without a solid if not good especially at the high levels quarterback under center I, I just don't I don't know that you can but I don't know that much about the two guys they've got I know that they're they haven't settled on one and I've always heard the old adage if you've got two quarterbacks you don't have a quarterback so right yep um so I mean Ohio State doesn't look very good so far but granted it's just one week one game it's overreaction central that's that's all you're going to get, really, this episode is a whole lot of overreacting from me. Hey, um, just to be a fan. That's what we do. Yep. And Justin calming me down and saying, hey, maybe don't sell all your Ohio State stock yet. <laughs> um, and who else? Uh, Georgia, 48-7 over Tennessee Martin. I mean, 48-7's nice. You know, easy win, but... 48-7 over Tennessee Martin, you kind of expect a little bit more out of Georgia. I know that first half was a little slow for them, too. I mean, if you're the number one team and you're boasting all the number one back-to-back national championships and, and you know, you're walking around like, you're, like your poop don't sink, 48-7 against Tennessee Martin, I mean, I don't know. To me, I was expecting something kind of like Tennessee game, a 50-burger or higher. Because every, all, all the Georgia fans that I know are saying that Carson Beck is better than Stetson Bennett, that this offense is going to be better than it was last year. Brock Bowers is going to be in the Heisman chase. Yeah. 40, I mean, I don't know. 
48-7 is like something that I thought Tennessee could have done to Tennessee Martin, you know? Well, well, Um, that might be true. But, I mean, a 41-point win is still pretty significant. (laughs) I mean, and at that point, I'm sure that they... Let the foot off the gas a little bit. Georgia is not Oregon. They're not going to go try to score 80 points on somebody. (laughs) Yeah. I thought that was wild. (laughs) That was wild. That's insane, actually. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Oregon looked impressive to me. Though. <laughs> well, two teams I mean, that did look sure, eighty points. Yeah, two teams that looked impressive to me was Oregon and Oklahoma. Uh, Oregon scores eighty-one, um, kind of wild, and then Oklahoma blanks our old friend Butch Jones and Arkansas State. Yeah, and and. Yeah, there's a lot of bricks going up at Arkansas State. And it wasn't just a blanking. It was a beating 73 to nothing. Yeah, but I'm sure they're um, champions of life or some bullshit over there. Yeah, yeah, they're getting a life belt. He's got the trash can on the sidelines. Remember that one? That one was, uh, you know, the turnover trash can. And you- Opportunity is nowhere. Yeah, yeah. I feel bad for you, Arkansas State fans. Good luck. Um <laughs> He, he might be joining Jeremy Pruitt soon and some high school PE teacher doing something like that or something. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, Oregon and Oklahoma looked pretty good. Oklahoma with a statement bounce back. I think scoring 73 points is, is impressive for them. That's not something that they did at all last year. Their offense was not very good last year. Um, and even though it's Arkansas State, you know, just kind of like – putting yourself out there and saying, yeah, we, we can score even on Arkansas state, you know, even though it's Arkansas state, we can still score. Yeah. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. Pretty good for them. Yeah. Let me ask you this question is, was Venables the guy that made Clemson work? <laughs> sure. looks like it. <laughs> I think, I, I think that there's a solid chance, you know, speaking of parallels with Tennessee, I was thinking about Clemson and how they decided to go get this brilliant mind to turn around their offense. They bring him in from TCU and they go out there and they lay an absolute egg. Does that not remind you of the claw fence? Yeah. (laughs) And guess what? That's what got Phil Fulmer fired. Yep. Yep. That does. That does ring a bell. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, wait, let's dive into that Clemson game. We'll come back to the other two games I want to talk about. Let's let's talk about that Clemson game. Uh, I think we broke Clemson. <laughs> I think we broke them. I, I mean, you know, I, I I look back to the the week after the South Carolina game, and Dabo Sweeney running running his mouth about a fifty burger about Tennessee allowing a fifty burger to South Carolina. And then Clemson losing the next week to South Carolina. And then Tennessee just beating the brakes off of Clemson in the Orange Bowl. Yeah. And then um and then Monday night just absolutely manhandled in the second half. It was caught. And it was caught. it was. It was great to watch. Well, it was. <laughs> here's the thing. Like, I, I hate to be the kind of guy that revels in someone else's pain. Um, however, I like to say, if you're out in public and you see somebody fall, it's funny. We're all mm-hmm. allowed to laugh because we've all done that. 
Right. right. You've you've fallen on your face in front of a whole group of people and gotten laughed at. That's happened. I do it all the time. So I feel like I'm allowed to laugh when it happens to other people. I don't want people to get hurt, but that's funny. Right. So I feel the same way about what, what happened with Clemson in that game, because we've been there as Tennessee fans. We've yeah. sat through games like this where you're like, what the sky is absolutely fun. I've gotten to the point where I've been laughing at Tennessee games that we were getting blown out so bad and we looked that bad. So. In the in the in the fourth quarter, when they fumbled twice inside the five, I could not. I the second one where it just bounced out of the running back's hands and Duke was running it back. I had tears in my eyes. I was laughing so hard because I've never yeah. I've never seen that happen to another team like that. Yeah, it, I mean. It was nice because I went to. I actually didn't stay up and watch the whole game because I. I mean, I had a feeling that Duke was going to win. I didn't yeah. think they were going to win by a score of twenty-four to seven. Twenty-eight. I had a twenty-eight to seven. Sorry, um, but I had a feeling that they were going to win. And so around halftime, beginning of the third quarter, I was like, "All right, I'm, I'm going to go to bed." And then when I wake up and see what the final score was, I was like, "Huh." Yeah, this guy's done. The Dabo dynasty is is done. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna say he's on the hot seat, but these Clemson people that that have been worshiping the ground that he walks on that, that ain't gonna be the same for a while. They're gonna have to. They're gonna be calling for change. I feel pretty soon because they're not used to losing. Clemson's been pretty good for a while, like you said earlier. Yeah, and, um, and, and here's the thing. He absolutely could be on the hot seat, depending on how this year goes. And if the offense is no better, yeah. if if they don't take a step, and they need to take a big step in the next couple of weeks, and if they don't, absolutely all the fingers are going to be pointing at him. He's the guy that made the change. He's the guy that brought in you know, the TCU offensive coordinator, and we all dubbed Club Nick the next coming of Trevor Lawrence uh-huh. or whatever. I mean, so, like I said, Bringing in the wrong offensive coordinator that didn't turn things around at Tennessee was the death nail for Phil Fulmer, and it it very well could be. Because once you win a championship or two, people are not okay losing. And That's, and, that's the thing. Yep. Yeah, Your expectations I mean, change. It does, and people get real impatient real fast. And, and they weren't happy last year, and if it's worse this year, that he – I'm not saying he's going to – that that I'm not saying Sweeney's going to get fired this year. But what I will say is if they go, let's say they go eight and four this year, which is a good year for most teams, but let's just say they go eight and four and they could even win a bowl game. And then next year it doesn't get better. He, he, he will be fired next year. Absolutely. They'll, yeah. they'll, and you know, you said it needs to get better quickly. Florida state comes to down in two weeks. Yeah. That's what I mean. And you want to talk about a team that looks really good. We can go ahead and talk about that Florida State LSU game. Yeah, Florida State looks good. Um, I mean, we're talking that game was close at halftime. I believe the score was seventeen thirteen. Mm-hmm. I believe that's what it was at the half, and Florida State just put LSU in a sleeper hold the entire second half. I mean, not as bad as Clemson. Um, but still pretty bad. And it, you know what? The difference in that Duke, Clemson, and that Florida State LSU game is I don't recall seeing an SEC team getting that manhandled by an ACC team. 
like that um, in a while. I mean, Florida State was more physical. Florida State was more aggressive. Florida State wanted it more. This is the second year in a row now for Brian Kelly that his team has come out in the first game. Granted, the same opponent, but come out in the first game and just didn't look like they were ready to play. Yeah. Um, LSU just didn't look like they cared towards the end of that. Towards the end of the third quarter, LSU was just like checked out. And it was yeah. like, all right, let's get back on the bus. What's let's go Quarterback sent Jaden Daniel. Is that right? Jaden Daniels. Yeah, everybody was hyping him up as the best quarterback in the SEC. Please. Here's the thing. I think Jaden Daniels is talented. I I think he is, but I don't think he's consistent. And I don't think that he's championship caliber. I I don't think he's like Heisman level. But um, I just think I, I all to me, all that falls on Brian Kelly. I think Brian Kelly is a whole lot of fluff. I Mm -hmm. I. And and the fact that now he is lying about the fact that he said he was going to beat the heck out of Florida State, and he's saying yeah. he never said that, but it's it's recorded. It was on the radio. Like, yeah, he's finding out real quick that the SEC isn't Notre Dame or Cincinnati. Well, he's, he's finding big at Notre Dame. Yeah, he's finding that out real fast. I mean, he did go to two championship games, did he? But in both those championship games, he got destroyed by SEC exactly. schools. <laughs> exactly. Um, so he's finding out real quick. My big thing about this Florida State LSU game was I think that we've finally like put the brakes on the LSU hype wagon. I don't understand who in their right minds thought they were the fifth ranked team in the nation. I mean, we're talking about a team that played to their top potential one time last year against Alabama. And I'm not going to say that they got lucky. But they got a win at home against Alabama, going for two in overtime, or going for two at or right before the end of regulation or in overtime. I can't remember which one it was. But they followed it up by losing to Texas A&M, who went six and six. Exactly. Yeah. They 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 pre predated that by losing at home to Tennessee by like forty points. Yeah. I mean, and they predated that by losing on opening night. By missing an extra point. I mean, so this LSU team to tell me that there were that there were actual media voters that thought that they were the fifth ranked team in the nation is wild to me. I'm I'm glad that they lost. I'm glad that some people's eyes were opened. And you know, I mean Florida State's real. Let's give Florida State some credit. They're really good. So <laughs> I think it's a combo of the, of the two. I think LSU is not um, a just like you're saying. I think Florida State is good, and as I predicted, I think the I think they're ACC championship contenders, um, and hopefully 100%. that will that will put them in position as I predicted to be in the playoffs. Uh, because I want to be right about something this year. Yeah, so, I, I, I think you're going to be right about both of those two things. So, but here, um, here's what I'll say: People are talking a lot about Jordan Travis, and I think Jordan Travis is really good. I think he's, a, I think he's a playmaker. That you know, in the game, they were talking about. Oh, he's so creative with this. You know, when a play breaks down, he can make something out of it. And I saw him do that a couple of times. But I also saw, saw him make a couple really bonehead mistakes in yeah, that game. That interception or that almost fumble. Uh, I think it was in the second quarter. Pretty much blindfolded. It was almost. Do you remember? I think we were playing LSU when. Eric Ainge did the like grenade over the shoulder out of the back of the mm-hmm. end zone throw and LSU caught it and ran it in for a touchdown. Yep. Um, he almost did something like that. 
Yeah, so, I think I know which one you're talking about. That was uh, that was bad. <laughs> yeah. So I think Jordan Travis is is very capable of leading the team to um, you know a lot of wins and and an ACC, ACC championship. I don't think I know we're going to talk about this. I wouldn't put him in my top Heisman picks right now, but maybe he'll prove me wrong as the season goes on. I, I've had the the uh, pleasure of watching him a few times, thanks to the fact that I'm an honorary Seminole now through my right. girlfriend. Um, and I just don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. I, I see more talent elsewhere, but um, I do think he's pretty good. And I, I do think Florida State's going to win a lot of games, and and you know they did look really good. Um, but I think what I wanted to get back to was something you said earlier, which was this is a down year for the SEC. I really do think that's going to prove out to be true, and that's. Mm-hmm. Important why I don't think the SEC is going to hold the title at the end of the year. Um, I, I just I think I, you're right. Yeah. I, I mean, aside from Georgia and, and I really, I, I know we are talking a lot about like week one, kind of these powerhouses starting slow, but it's week one. I don't put a ton of credence into that. Um, you know, you're playing a cupcake. Sometimes it's hard to get up. There's a lot of emotions. You're learning your new teammates, all, all, all sorts of things that go into it. And, and I think still to win a game 48-7 is still you, – you handled business, right? But right. Um, but I just think overall, you look all over the lands. I mean, the, the Pac-12 went undefeated in week one. Yeah. <laughs> Colorado being part of that. And, um, you know, the SEC – the SEC, I think, won 11 of their games. But, mm-hmm. but, but still, you know um, – I just think this year, this year is going to be a down year. It could be a couple of years, who knows? But uh, I, the door is open, more open than it has been for other teams and other conferences to step up this year and 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 change the landscape a little bit. And Florida yeah, State's one of those teams. I think you're right. I think you are. Um, I, I don't know if it's a. I, I I'd be very surprised if the SEC got two teams in the playoff again this year. After after week one, I know it's just week one overreactions, but I'd be very very surprised. Yeah, I don't think they would. if that was the case. Yeah, um, you mentioned it. It's a game of the week, Ga- game of the season so far. Colorado, Coach Prime, Shadur Sanders, Travis Hunter, first time in Division One uh, college football, and 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 they go to the defending national champion runner-ups and are a 28-point underdog. I believe the line closed at TCU minus 24. I believe is that what it was. Um, and Colorado goes in there and wins 45-42, wins it outright. I thought that was... I thought that was... It was a great game. To be completely honest, I watched the majority of that game. Uh, all... Pretty much, I had a YouTube TV going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to watch both at the same time, that game and the Tennessee game. And about midway through the Tennessee game, the third quarter, I went ahead and flipped it over to just the Colorado TCU game. Man, that, I mean, TCU, to their credit, they stormed back. They did storm back and make it a ball game. Colorado jumped out to an early lead. But, but they just kept coming back and, and you know, Deion Sanders all offseason said, we're coming, we're coming, we're coming. They're here. Colorado's here. Um, what a statement. What a statement win for Dion, for 
for Shadur Sanders throwing for 500 yards. Yeah. Uh, Travis Hunter playing 114 snaps that day, playing on both sides of the ball. I believe he had two interceptions or one interception, I believe. Um, he had a fantastic catch that I thought that originally was going to touchdown but was overturned. Oh, my goodness. It was a great catch on offense. Um, I mean, what do you say? It was if only somebody saw it coming. If only somebody said Colorado was going to beat TCU this week. If only uh, you had laid money down on that game, did you? I know. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I should have. That one, it, you should have done that in a parlay with the Clemson-Duke game. You would have been. Dude, I would have been rich. Yeah, it would have been all over with. Um, but, no, you're right. I mean, it was a statement game. It was a statement win. Uh, I, I feel like, in as many words, Deion Sanders has said that after the game. And he, it's funny because he wants his players to read all the media hype. He's like, read it. I want you to yeah. see how good you are. It, it's His approach to everything is just so different than what you typically see from a head coach at a major college program. And it's it's refreshing, but it'll be, it'll be interesting, interesting to see if it works for him in the long run. But, mm-hmm. but for now, yeah, I mean, they're, they're turning heads. Uh, they're getting people's attention. I, I think, you know, they're over under in, in wins for the season went up by two or three after that first mm-hmm. game, uh, according to all the prognosticators. And now Nebraska come to town and, and they're favored. Nebraska didn't look great in their week one game. So, you know, they, they could start two and zero, build up some momentum and then who knows what happens. But it's exciting. It's 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 fun to watch something like this. I didn't see it coming. I, I couldn't imagine you've got a team that has nearly 90 new players. That's an insane <laughs> number. It sounds fake. It sounds like there's no way that that's true, but it's absolutely true. It's it's a whole new team coming together from all over the country, playing a team that was in the national championship game last year. And really, like you said, TCU had to come back to make it a game. Wild. Yeah, it, it was... Uh... I don't know. It was just crazy. I mean, nobody saw it coming, truly. I mean, I said Colorado was going to win. I was just saying that because I like Deion Sanders. Did I truly think Colorado was going to win? I don't know. I mean, probably not. But I just like Deion Sanders. You say stuff that you don't even believe half the time. Sometimes. Sometimes, (laughs) maybe. Eight and four? I don't believe that. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, Colorado, that Nebraska-Colorado game, we're going to talk about it later, but Originally, Nebraska opened two weeks ago because uh, sometimes you can see uh, multiple games in advance on the on the different prop or different bet websites. Mm-hmm. Nebraska opened as a seven point favorite two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and that game just switched. A ten point swing yeah. is uh, is wild. But you alluded to it earlier. Um, I want to dive into our Heisman top five. I want to do this every week this season. Oh, and just so we can kind of like keep track of it, kind of see who's who's where, who we think should take home the award. Now, I don't want to do this as who we think is going to take home the award. I, I think I think I want to do it as who we think if the Heisman was voted this week. So oh, okay. just okay. based off of the talent that you've seen. For instance, I have Sam Hartman in my list. He's played two games. I have Caleb Williams in my list. He's played two games. So I'm basing it off of the two games that they have played. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So based off of, you know, everything that we've seen thus far, who do you have as your Heisman top five right now? Uh, so that being the case, just it's a, it's a, the season ends now, let's award uh, somebody mm-hmm. the trophy. Um, I think, I think I'd go Caleb Williams. Um, I, I don't know that this is necessarily in the right order, but these are the, these are the names that I've got. Caleb Williams. I think I'd go Michael Penix Jr. I think I'd go. Uh, yeah, he had a good game. I'd, I'd go Sam Hartman. I, I think you got to put Shadur Sanders in there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, based on that 500 yard performance, 500 yards, four <laughs> touchdowns. Uh, and then I'm going to throw in a dark horse that because I want him, I want to see him in New York. I, the, the Tulane quarterback played a great, a great game. Michael Pratt from Tulane. He, th- he only threw 15 passes, but he hit 14 of them for 294 and four touchdowns. So, okay. I like that. I like the yeah. dark horse there. Yeah. I put, um, I like that. I think I went all chalk on mine. Uh, pretty to me, it's pretty cut and dry. I think these are probably the five best players that people are talking about right now. Um, Peter Sanders, obviously, 500 yards, four touchdowns. <laughs> you know, that, that'll get you put in the conversation real quick. Um, I still have Jordan Travis there. I, I he had a couple of bonehead plays, but like you said, the potential is there, and he had a couple of really good plays, a couple of really good throws. Um, and I still, I still have him there. Sam Hartman, big on Notre Dame this year. Everybody knows that. Um, I'm not going to sway anybody to go place a bet on Notre Dame to win after championship. But last week I said that Duke would be Clemson and Colorado would be ETCU. True. And I also said that Notre Dame would win the national championship. So these three things, they could be related. Do with that what you want. <laughs> um, Caleb Williams. I want to talk about Caleb Williams for a second. Okay. I want to stop there. Caleb Williams, I think, can have a season just like he had last year, if not better. And I still truly in my heart of hearts do not think he'll win the Heisman. Mm. I think that it is so hard to repeat as a Heisman winner. You look, Tebow didn't do it. Johnny Manziel didn't do it. Um... I mean, Reggie Bush didn't do it. Matt Leinart didn't do it. Going back to the 2004-2005 USC Trojans, they didn't do it. Um, I mean, it it doesn't happen. People don't... I mean, Lamar Jackson didn't do it. People don't award... It's it's very, very rare. And you could argue that Tebow's year in 2008 was better than his year in 2007. And he still didn't win the Heisman. Mm-hmm. And you could argue that Manziel's year in 2000, Manziel's year after he won the Heisman was better, and he still didn't win the Heisman. I, I don't think that Caleb Williams, I think that the, that he, he's going to have a fantastic year. I think he's going to end up in New York. I, I don't think he's going to take it home this year. I don't know why that's the case. I don't know why people don't vote, you know, if a player had a better year, to me, it makes sense that like if if I give you a, a, the Heisman Trophy after you have a fantastic year and then you come back and you match those numbers, if not make them even better, kind of deserve the trophy again. <laughs> right. Um, that just that's just how I see it. 
Well, but, uh, because because if that doesn't happen, then what you're saying is you're not giving the award to the best player and it becomes a lot more subjective. Which right. We all know the award is subjective anyway. Right. So, yeah, but you're right. I, I think that that being a factor, then you're you're correct. I don't think that he will repeat unless he does something absolutely where he, he magical he denied. Yeah. And to be completely honest, if we're being completely honest here, I don't think he should have won it last year. I, I, Bryce Young had a great year too. The year after winning the Heisman, Hendon Hooker. In it, come on. Hendon <laughs> Hooker had a fantastic year. If he doesn't get hurt against South Carolina, I think he wins the Heisman. Yeah, um, he at least would have been invited. I, until I see a Tennessee player win it, I, I don't believe we can. But yeah, you're scarred from the Peyton Manning stuff. Um, majors too. Yeah, yeah, you, you have a. There's a there's an old wound there that hasn't healed yet, um, but that's my spiel on Caleb Williams. And then my fifth one, I have Travis Hunter. Okay, I don't think that he's another one. I don't think he's going to win it, you know. But 114 but, snaps. Nobody else in the nation's doing that. The Charles Woodson effect. You play both ways. Yep. You get you get a little hype train behind you. Then it could happen. I, I'd like to see it honestly because I don't think it should just be a quarterback award. Me either. And so. I'd love to see a defensive player win it at some point again. That would be great, but I don't know that that's that would be well. Yeah, um, but yeah, those are my five. Uh, let's dive into week two as we look ahead. Um, not a whole lot to go over here. Not a whole lot. Another kind of mediocre slate, I'd say. Um, college football kind of slow out the gate. Uh, but we'll cover some here, and then we'll cover some of the pup dubs section because there is some fun games to bet on. Uh, Notre Dame travels on their first road game, going to NC State. But I just, I kind of wanted to talk about this because I have a passion for Notre Dame, um, and you know they are my pick to win the national championship. So I'm going to want to talk about their games. Uh, first road game for the Irish. I, I think they'll be fine. Um, NC State could be a little bit of a trap game, but I, I do think that they'll be fine. I know in my heart of hearts that they're looking ahead to not next week, but the week after when Ohio State comes to South Bend. Uh, that's what they're looking ahead for. And I think next week they have like Tennessee State or Austin P. somebody. Uh, they play Tennessee State Saturday. Uh, they have somebody not very good next week. Um so I think that that's why I think this NC State game could be a little bit of a trip up. Notre Dame scored like 130 points in two weeks. <laughs> you know, I mean, they've looked really good. If they keep it up against a power five opponent, um, that's not Navy. Um, then, you know, that hype trim is just going to keep building. And I don't think a lot of people are talking about the Irish right now. Well, one person is, you're the conductor of the hype train. I am, buddy. I am all in. Me and my little leprechauns are all in on the on the, on the the Notre Dame hype train. Uh, but I think uh, uh, a dominating win this week and, a, and, you know, a win next week, that Ohio State-Notre Dame game is going to be a big one. Um, but, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's a game that I'm going to be tuning into. Mentioned into this uh, Ole Miss Tulane game, your guy, the quarterback from Tulane. What, what was his name? Uh, right. Michael Pratt. Yeah. Going up against our good friend Lane Kiffin. Um, 
I think that's our only or two ranked on ranked matchups, and it's this one and then Texas and Alabama. That's it as far as ranked against ranked. Uh, this should be a. I think it should be a pretty good game. What about you? I, yeah, I think it will. I, th- I think it's going to be a great game. It's at Tulane, so that's going to help. Um, I think it could be a high-scoring game. It's it's going to be fun to watch, but you know what? I'm not going SEC bias this week. I think Tulane's going to pull that one out. I I think they can do it, and I and I don't <clears throat> excuse me as I choke on my own words. Yep. See, that's 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 the gods out there saying know, they're, they're like Ole Miss. <laughs> but I I don't know. I just I I think old I think Ole Miss is um, I think they're going to be okay this year. I don't think they're going to be great. I think this is a game Tulane could take. So I'm rolling with the green wave. I like it. I hope they wave, I hope they wear their uh, teal jerseys this week. I think yeah. that'd be pretty sick if they yeah. wore that. If they wear the teal jerseys, I'm riding with Tulane. If they don't, I'm on the lane train. <laughs> um, I'm on a couple of trains this week. Let's talk about Tennessee. The home opener. Against Austin P. Oh, Ninth ranked Tennessee volunteer, Volunteers. Yeah. Speaking of jerseys, Tulane's jerseys, Tulane's still jerseys, beautiful. Tennessee's artful Dodger, Condridge Holloway tribute, smoky gray jerseys, abysmal. These are, <laughs> I think, these are probably the ugliest jerseys I've seen in. I'm not going to say in college football, easily the ugliest jerseys that Tennessee's no, come out with. Not not at all close in college football. There have been some really terrible ones. Um, they're, they're not even the worst that Tennessee has worn. I I, I will say I really? like these. I like these better than the, the grays we wore under Butch Jones that had the tire marks on them that looked like we got oh, run yeah. over. <laughs> um, the Adidas another, grays. <laughs> just another fantastic W under Butch Jones, those jerseys. Yeah, um, but like, it's weird. I I was talking with uh, my friend Doctor Jacqueline about these jerseys today, and I just think they tried to do too much. Look, I I love honoring the past. Condridge Holloway, first black quarterback to start in the SEC, nineteen seventy two. He was a Tennessee Volunteer. We're very proud of that. And back in those days, Tennessee wore these jerseys that had orange shoulders, and except they were white. They were white jerseys with orange shoulders. I don't even think those look good, to be honest. Um, we wore throwbacks in 2004, the year of Eric Ainge and Brent Schaefer. Um, and they were, I actually, I bought one. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. I, I, I don't like them, but I bought one. <laughs> I bought one because I was like, oh, it's cool. Because Tennessee, in the past, Tennessee never wore alternate jerseys ever. The only thing we right. would ever do was occasionally wear orange pants. Orange britches. There's something about those orange britches. Um, But now we are actually joining the modern era and we are doing alternates because we realize it's something that the kids like. The recruits like it. It it gets attention. It's by the way, it makes you more money because people go out and buy these ugly jerseys. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the shelf here. I love the smoky grace like the, the The ones we've been wearing the last few years. Um, with the you know the the helmet with the the mountain gradient on them looks so good, you know it's 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 a, and it was unique to us. It, it is unique to us, the smoking right. gray, and I I really like it. I just I feel like they should have just done they should have just broken this up. 
also the first game of the season at home. I feel like you got to wear the classic uniforms. Um, Smoky Grays could have come out later and they could have done for homecoming, maybe the Condridge uh, mm-hmm. Holloway th- throwbacks. But I don't know. It's just too much. I I don't hate them as much as you. I, I don't like them, though. I hate them. I hate them. And I think the big thing, there's a couple of big things that I that I hate about them, right? <laughs> if you're going to do the honor in Conrad Holloway, like you said, do not do it week one. Do, I mean, do not do it to the home opener. I mean, this is... <sighs> Man, I don't know how to say this without sounding like a complete just douchebag. <laughs> A lot of Tennessee fans pay a lot of money to come from a lot of different parts of the state to come to the home opener, especially the home opener here is a big deal. It's a hard ticket to get. It doesn't matter who Tennessee's playing. It's a hard ticket to get. It's the home opener. We've been waiting since freaking December to get back in Neyland Stadium for a game that matters. And... Tennessee fans, we kind of like our traditional jerseys. We think that they're probably, to me, the orange tops with the white bottoms, there's no traditional jersey that's better in college football than that jersey. It's just something that is just beautiful. And it looks so well. And and the home opener, as far as I remember, the home opener has always been orange tops and white bottoms. And now you're going to come out and you're going to wear the you're going to take number one. You're taking away my regular smoky grays because this is the. I read that today that this is the smoky gray for this year. We're not right. getting the regular smoky gray. Right. Yeah. So you're going to take away what a lot of people think is the best uniform period in college football, whether alternate or original. Um, a lot of people think that smoky gray uniform is just top of the line, which I love it. I'm like you. I do love it. Mm-hmm. You're taking that away, and you're giving us this. Hot garbage piece of shit uniform that looks awful. I mean, it looks like somebody tried to design it and was like, "Let's let's see what the smoky gray looks like with the orange." Well, guys, there's a reason we don't wear the smoky gray jerseys with the orange pants because they don't look good. It doesn't it doesn't go well together. Yeah, and you're gonna bring out the orange shoulder pads. That when I saw it, I was praying to the good Lord that it was fake, <laughs> and then it wasn't. And I was like, "This is." I mean, we look like idiots. We're going to look like a bunch of idiots on the field Saturday. And I, I know that the kids love other uniforms, and I love other uniforms. We introduced those black jerseys a couple years ago, or it was last year or a couple years ago. I adore the black jerseys. I think they're beautiful. Oh, yeah. Um, Dark mode is sick. Dark mode is awesome. I love them. The all orange, sick. The all white, sick. Yeah. The smoky gray, beautiful. This, atrocious. (laughs) I mean, if there's there's any recruits that are like, oh, man, I want to wear them. You know how these recruits like... They take their pictures when they come visit. And yeah. They'll be in the different jerseys. If there's any recruits that are like, I want to wear that smoky gray jersey that they wore against Austin P. I don't want them. Don't sign them. I don't care if they're a five star. I don't care if they're a six star. Don't sign them. I don't want them. 
because, you know, my second favorite coach in college football says, you look good, you play good. You play good, they pay good. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. And, you know, I tell you what, Dion ain't coming out with this shit. He ain't wearing that. And who's the coach that's being talked about the most right now? It's Dion. So, you know, Tennessee, I love the jerseys. I love what we have with the alternates. Don't become the organ of the Southeast. Don't do it. Don't, I mean, don't, don't make us a laughing stock with all these. I'm all for alternate jerseys as long as they look good. You know, don't make them look like shit. And it feels like this was just thrown together at the last minute because it was like, oh, let's throw some orange shoulder pads on the Smoky Ridge we're using call today. <laughs> no. Well, that don't look good. <laughs> I think the saddest thing about it is it was not thrown together at the last minute. This was planned out. And so that's, that's that, depressing. If that's, that's the part. Yeah, that's, that's, that's embarrassing uh, because that's, that's just bad. That's my uniform quarter. Yeah. We're not going to win the uh, best uniforms of the year no, in these things. We're not. That's not going to happen. But yeah. I will say outside opinion, there are other people who, are not Tennessee fans who have said that they like them. Um, so, you know, but you I get think, their eyes checked. Yeah. Our buddy land Dawes, He loves them. He's a big fan. <laughs> he can have them. He can have them. I'll, I'll go buy him one so he can have it. I'm not, I will. I will say I like the merchandise that they put out this year for the smoky gray stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like the old school, logos and the old school interlocking UT and all that. I do like that. That looks good. The Jersey looks like dog shit. Everything else looks good. Luckily the game isn't determined what you look like. Uh, I think Tennessee is going to roll here. I'm not worried about it at all. Yeah. Um, It'll be a pretty easy game. However, if we lose wearing these jerseys, you'll never have to burn them out. You'll never have to see him again. <laughs> oh, I hope I never have to see him again if we lose one of these jerseys. Um, and then the last one I want to talk about was a rematch of last one of the best games last year. App State, Appalachian State over at North Carolina. Um, you know, if you remember last year, Appalachian State had this huge uh, win against North Carolina. They they stormed the field. They stormed the whole freaking city of Boone, North Carolina. They did. They were. They. It was. I, I'm going to say it was crazier than when Tennessee beat Alabama. I mean, they they were they were everywhere. Um, college game day was there. Uh, it, it was a great environment. I don't think it's going to happen this year. <laughs> um, I think North Carolina is going to be out for revenge. I think they're really good against South Carolina, and I think they're going to yeah. I think they're going to be out for revenge yeah. in that game. Yeah, I think North Carolina is going to roll in that one. Yeah. I think North Carolina um, is pretty strong this year. They, you know, honestly, they may be the contender for the uh, ACC title that Florida State has to contend with. I think they will be. I think that'll that'll be your ACC championship game. I think it'll be North Carolina, Florida State. Um, and I mean, Drake May's really good. He's really good. Um, so I think that I think North Carolina's gonna be pretty good this year. Um. Week two of college football is not the only football that we get this year. Our glorious professional football is back. It is. Uh, a long wait is over. The defending Super Bowl champions kick off the season on Thursday night. 
against the Detroit Lions. I almost said the Detroit Tigers. I stopped myself. <laughs> Lions and Tigers um, Bears. Oh, my. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get Lions Chiefs to start out the season. Uh, I mean, it'll be it's going to be a fun season. Um, before we dive into the week one action of the NFL, which is a lot harder to talk about because there's, you know, there's not as many – Great matchups, I'd say, in the NFL, as you see in college football, um, especially in the regular season. I want to get some predictions from you, mm-hmm. just real quick. I want to know who, who – there's four four things I want to know. I want to know your Super Bowl matchup, who's going to win it. I want to know your regular season MVP, and then I want just one, maybe two, bold predictions from you. Um. So how about we start with a Super Bowl matchup? Who do you have in the Super Bowl this year? Well, Kevin, in preparation for this question, I actually decided to go look at the odds for every Super Bowl (laughs) or every NFL team to make the Super Bowl because I was just curious how that shook out in, in the eyes of the experts in Vegas. And what I learned was that the Arizona Cardinals are plus 40,000 to make the Super Bowl. And so there's a if, reason <laughs> if you do the math, if you bet a hundred dollars on the Arizona Cardinals to make the Super Bowl, that would pay out $40,000. Yeah. So I'm thinking bet the house on the Arizona Cardinals. What's going to happen? <laughs> yeah. What, what did we learned last week oh. as far as betting with Justin? You're right. Don't listen to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. No, but in all seriousness, um, I think that there's there's several interesting storylines to follow this year. I'm hoping that we get a little bit different Super Bowl than we've seen. But at the end of the day, I want my pick to rhyme, so I'm going Eagles and Bengals. Mm, I like it. I like that a lot. Um, I think I, I just think tough. I think that I think the Eagles offense is going to be better. Um, than it was last year. I think, you know, Jalen Hurts, you know, I know one other question is MVP. I think he's going to be a guy that's in that conversation. And then on the other side, you know, Joe Burrow. Um, I think he's really coming into his prime as long as he's healthy. Uh, I was about to say that's a big thing with him is San yeah. Field. Yeah, if, he, if he's healthy, he's going to have a great year. I, th- I think they're loaded across the field. Um, I think that would be a fun Super Bowl to watch too. So, that's what I'm rooting for. I, I I like to see points on the board, and I think mm-hmm. we'd see I think we'd see a, a you know a lot of crooked numbers on the scoreboard if it's an Eagles Bengals Super Bowl. So that, that's what I would like to see. I think that's a that's a fun Super Bowl matchup. I do like that matchup. Kind of like how you feel about Tennessee mm-hmm. um, and beating Florida in the swamp. I kind of have to see somebody beat the Chiefs before I bet against the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I know the Bengals beat them two years ago on the Super Bowl. Then the Chiefs followed it up by winning the Super Bowl. Right. So it's, you know, I don't know. I say all of that to say that my Super Bowl matchup is Bills Cowboys. Oh, I think <laughs> the Cowboys. Yeah, I I hate that already, man. I might change it before the end of the episode. Um, I I don't want to pick the Eagles. Okay, 
I, 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 they went last year, came up just short. I don't see that they, I, I, it's so hard to get back there two years they in a row. They drafted every Georgia Bulldog. They in did. Order to get back to the Super Bowl. They did. And that is how the NFL, their players, other owners in the NFL, and the other GMs in the NFL allow that to happen is beyond me. Um, they're not the Philadelphia Eagles or the Philadelphia Bulldogs because for some reason they just let the Eagles draft the entire defensive line of the best defense in college football. <laughs> and it doesn't make any sense to me at all. But they're there. You know who else has a really good defense? The Dallas Cowboys. I don't even like the Dallas Cowboys. I can't stand them. But they have a really good defense. I think Dak Prescott stays on the field this year. I think Tony Pollard, knowing that he's RB1, that there's no Ezekiel Elliott, it's his show. I think he's going to have a great season. C.D. Lamb there, um, Michael Gallup. I think they're all going to – the Cowboys are finally going to put it together. Um, my, people forget Mike McCarthy's won a couple of Super Bowls. Yeah, Maybe one. I think it's just one. Uh, but he won a Super Bowl. And people forget that. So I think that uh, I think it's going to be the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. And then the Bills, I'm keeping up that momentum from last year for them. Uh, I, I, I don't know, man. DeMar Hamlin, the whole situation, he makes the, he makes the roster this year. He's going to be out there on the field. Josh Allen is my pick to he's He's going to be in the MVP race. Um, he, he's going to be up there. Um Stephon Diggs is there, you know, I think in an underrated addition that people are not talking about being added to the bills is Damian Harris, that running back from new England last year. That was really good. Mm -hmm. He's in Buffalo now. And I think he's going to play a big part in Buffalo. Um, So I'm going bills mafia against America's team that I don't like. Um, And and who do you have winning the Super Bowl? Your matchup of Eagles, Bengals. I, I think the Eagles will do it this time. Yeah, yeah. I think they. I think they get there. I think you know the the off season additions are going to get them over the line. So yeah, it's sadly because I'd love to see the Bengals win it um, in honor of my dad. My dad's a lifelong Bengals fan, and and ever since you know I've grown up watching him watch the Bengals lose. So mm-hmm. you know I'd I'd love to see it, but I think it'll probably be the Eagles. Yeah, that's uh. That would suck for Joe Burrow to get there two times in three years and lose them both. <laughs> that would that would suck for him. But uh, yeah, I could totally see the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. I, my pick would be the Bills over the Cowboys. I think if the Bills get there, the thing about the Bills is they have to get there. If they get there, I think they're I think they'd win it. And, and I'll give you one more. I think it would be a Stephon Diggs game winning touchdown over his little brother. Trayvon Diggs. Oh, that'd be fun. So, get another think, brother matchup. Yeah, I think that'd be I, that just came to me just now, but I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, that's a bold prediction, Kevin. That's a bold prediction. <laughs> Who do you have winning the MVP this year? Uh, you know, because I'm I'm not letting them win the Super Bowl. I think I'm going to say Joe Burrow. Joey B. I like yeah, that. I think, I think he could do it this year. I think he's going to be there. I think he's going to be in the discussion. My MVP is actually my bold prediction. One of my bold predictions. Are you sitting down? I'm sitting down. Okay. 
Justin Fields from the Chicago Bears. Yeah. Wow. That's, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I almost picked, I had the Bears in the NFC Championship game, losing to the Cowboys. Okay. I almost picked the Bears to go to the Super Bowl. I love the Bears this year. I love them. I love Justin Fields this year. They've surrounded him with weapons. He runs a lot. He's a great runner. He has a great arm. I think he's going to be a fantastic player this year. Um, so I'm all in on the Bears. And all right. Well, Justin just Fields. for the sake of argument, the Bears are plus 6,000 currently. So and that yet. means if you bet $100 on the Bears, you would win $6,000. That's I'm not bringing on home. I'm not saying to do it. I'm just saying that's what would happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, you know, I'm hot. So don't fade me. Don't fade me. Um, but yeah, that's one of my bold predictions. I think my other bold prediction, and then I'll come over to you with yours. Um, my other bold prediction is I think the Jets are really far this year. Um, I know it's not super, super bold. Um, but I do see Aaron Rodgers having a fantastic season um, in New York as crazy as that sounds <laughs> because he's one of the most dramatic players in the league. Um, but I like the Jets. I, I like the Jets to win the AFC East, actually. Be the number one seed going into the playoffs and, and then eventually lose to to my Super Bowl champion, the Bills. Um, and yeah, I think those are the two. Justin Fields and the Bears win their division, go deep in the playoffs, and Aaron Rodgers and the Jets win their division and go deep into the playoffs as well. Okay, well, that's one of my – that was going to be one, of, even though it's not that bold because everybody's higher right. than Jets. Yeah. Uh, but but I was going to agree with you there. I think the Jets are going to win the, uh, the conference um, in the regular season. Um, and and that would be – it would be exciting. I, I'm not a huge Aaron Rodgers guy, but I do have – either on my fantasy team. So I would love to see him have a huge year. Oh, he will. <laughs> I'm hoping cause he was a free agent pickup for me last year in the keeper league. That, that means he was my 14th round pick this year. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's so, beautiful. Garrett Wilson's going to, he's going to, he's going to ball this year. I'm hoping to ride him to a championship, but we'll see. Um, this next one's just going to be for fun. I think Cedric Tillman is going to be the number, the clear number two in the Cleveland Browns receiving core by the end of the year. And I like that. Yeah. There's rumors going around that he's already the number two. Well, I think, I think he's going to put it like Amari Cooper, I think is going to have a great year again. Um, mm-hmm. But, but I think Tillman is, is going to be the guy that enables that. I think he's going to draw a lot of attention away from Cooper. Cause I think he's going to, uh, really surprised me. I think he's a dog. I think he's he's the kind he's of guy. He's a dog. He is. He and he's perfect in Cleveland because he he doesn't care to get in there and mix it up. He's tough. Um. Yeah. I think he's. I think he's going to have a good year. I know that's a bit of a, a homer prediction, but don't. I'd love to see it. It's all right. I have a homer prediction for my. Uh, that I, I don't know why I didn't include in my bold predictions because I've told everybody who will listen to me. That I think uh, Jalen Hyatt will be the offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, I, I, I that's very possible. Yeah, I I don't know why well, I didn't include it. I've told everybody. I mean, I drafted him in every fantasy league that I have. <laughs> um, I, I'm so high on Jalen Hyatt because 
I think he's going to be the wide receiver number one in in the, in New York with the Giants. Yeah, he's playing with the Giants, so the spotlights are always going to be, you know, the Giants are always going to demand attention because they're in New York, that market. Um, and literally every video I've seen <laughs> from the Giants and from NFL Network and everything about the Giants is Daniel Jones throwing deep balls to Jalen Hyatt. Yeah, and and, and Jalen Hyatt just scorching everybody. Right. <laughs> That's everybody. Yeah. Anybody who's covering him, he's just scorching them. And so I'm like, I, I don't see. I mean, I know that everybody loves B. John Robinson, right? I get that. He's going to be great in Atlanta. And I know that, you know, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are going to be starting. But yeah. Jalen Hyatt, I mean, there's a reason he was the best receiver in college football last year. <laughs> you know, I, I hate to break it to you guys, but he's actually really good. <laughs> um, couple I other know. games that. I've got one more that I'll throw in that that I don't actually believe, but I just want to say it. I think Josh Dobbs is going to start, you know, these first four games in Arizona. And I think he's going to play so well that when Kyler Murray is healthy, he has to fight for his job to get back on the field. (laughs) Yes, baby, the scientist. Um, I love that. I, I, I want Dobbs to be good. I know he has it in him. Yeah. Right. I know he has it in him to be good. I just want somebody to give him the opportunity to be good. And I think with him, you know, being the Cardinal starting quarterback these first four games, at least these first four games, because I've read from multiple different people that the Cardinals may just go full on tank and not play Kyler Murray at all this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's the case, then let Dobbs cook. I mean, let him see what he's got, you know, and maybe be like a little showcase. Maybe you have your quarterback. And it's not Kyler Murray. Maybe it is the rocket scientist himself. Um, Throw Dobbs. Baby. That's right, baby. Forever. Uh, I want to talk about this. There's like three decent matchups in the NFL real quick. Um, Dolphins Chargers. That's always going to be a fun game to watch the Dolphins play. I think both of these two teams are actually really fun to watch. Um you know, the Dolphins' offense is really electric, of course, to a Tungabailoa, um, Jalen Waddle, and Tyreek Hill are always going to be putting up numbers. But the Chargers' offense is is really dynamic as well with Justin Herbert out there and Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Uh, so I think that's going to be a fun game to tune into if you like points, uh, a high-scoring game. Um, some people have that as a playoff matchup down the road. Uh, because both of these two teams have the ability to go pretty deep in the playoffs as well. They're, I think they're the tier right below Bills, Bengals, Chiefs, and the AFC. These two teams are there. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I, I think the Dolphins, like you said, they're they're loaded on offense. Um, I have a vested interest in Ty, Tyreek Hill as well because he's on my fantasy team. Uh, so. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see the Dolphins do well. Honestly, as a Floridian now, um, if I yeah. had pick, if I had to pick a team, um, because I'm not a I'm not a Buccaneers guy, and I'm not a I'm not a Jaguars guy. I think if I had to pick one, it would be the Dolphins. I, I'm not saying I'm a fan, but you know, if they're really good, maybe I will be. I don't I don't care to be a fair weather fan. So, hey, I'm that's what I am, dude. Do it for me. <laughs> I, I, I'll hand up. I'm a fair weather fan. I don't care. 
I mean, I like I watch the NFL for gambling and I watch the NFL for fantasy football. And I mean, did I like Tom Brady when he was in Tampa? Yeah, I loved Tom Brady when he was in Tampa. I thought he was a cool guy when he was in Tampa. In New England, I thought he was the spawn of Satan. But in Tampa, I thought he was a cool guy. Um, you know, but I've told people, people are like, oh, who do you like in the NFL? I'm like, uh, I think this year I'm a Dolphins fan. Maybe a Bengals fan. I like the Bears. I like the Bills. So those are my four that I'm riding with. Um, one of them should be good. <laughs> Um, you're, yeah, you're hedging your bets there. Yeah. You, you know, I did something at the beginning of the MLB season. I, tr- I I I had declared myself a free agent baseball fan, and I wanted people to convince me to root for their team. And I said the only rule was I didn't want it to be a team that their basic colors were either blue and white, red and white, red and blue, or red, white, and blue. Like, I just – I hate that every baseball team uses that color scheme. That's about 90% of baseball teams. It. It's why. Like, let's be creative. I hate that the Diamondbacks – went away from their teal and purple that they used to wear and now they're red and gold and black or whatever um yeah but anyway so i i, I did that at the beginning of the year um you know our, our our friend tom from hyperion adventures podcast convinced me that i should be a padres fan and i think i doomed them for the season yeah i mean <laughs> so. yeah i think you did <laughs> that's a team that should be really good this year and it's just not <laughs> i don't know what happened i the only thing that i can point to is i said i was a padres fan before the season started and look what happened yeah well you owe all the padres fans and tom especially a giant <laughs> apology because i know they were very excited about this year and now they're very excited about the season being over yeah. <laughs> As am I, as a Yankees fan. So anyway, maybe it's better if I don't declare myself a Dolphins fan. For all you people who do like the right. Dolphins, I'm not going to come out and say that right now. You're a Vikings fan. Nobody likes the Vikings. <laughs> the purple people eaters. Nobody likes them. So you're a Vikings fan. Um, take your bad GG there. <laughs> um, a pretty good interdivisional matchup this week. We've got two more. Uh, pretty good interdivisional matchups early on the season. Rams, Seahawks, and Cowboys, Giants. Rams, Seahawks is always a pretty good game. Um, that's a pretty pretty strong rivalry. Um, the Rams are a very dynamic team. One year they can be really good, and the next year they're really bad. Um, so I'd like to see what they look like. I, I want to see if Gino still has his notes, if people still haven't wrote back. Um, or if their people are still writing him and he ain't right back, um, I want to see that. Um, and then, of course, Cowboys-Giants, Sunday Night Football, big rivalry game. Jalen Hyatt on the national screen. National media going up against my Super Bowl runner-ups. Um, can't ask for much more than that, right? I mean, Sunday Night Football, Cowboys-Giants. No. Oh, it's classic. I love it. I love that that's a Sunday night matchup. I'm, I'm fired up about that. We're Yeah. We, we've been waiting all day for Sunday night. That's right. Sing it to me, Carrie. <laughs> um, that's what I'm looking forward to the most is Carrie Underwood to come up on that screen. I'm back. All right. Now football's back. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and my Chris Collins were slide. Of course, the Chris Collins were slide in um, to see which side he comes in on the left side or the right side. That's that's always my favorite thing to look at. Do you play? Um, no, I can't. If I could, I would. <laughs> if I could, I would. Uh, speaking of placing bets, yeah. I think it's time for a pub dubs. All right. Segment. 
Let me take it from here as I crack my knuckles. We're back in the pub dubs section of the episode. And Kevin, I just want to remind everyone how well you did last week and give you all the props. <laughs> week one picks. Kevin went five of five. Now, I will say we both started 0 and 5. <laughs> so, I went five of five? You went five and five and five. You got. Oh, five I was going to say, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, you're you're five and five for week one. But but we started so cold. We couldn't have been more wrong about our initial picks. Um, yeah. I, I didn't get much better, but I got three of seven. And I think the ones that I got right, you also got right. It was just the ones I agreed with you on. So <laughs> that's a strategy. And, <laughs> and if I diverged. Uh, that's it put me in a hole. So, but anyway, I'm only down two. considering your big picks that you actually were, got correct last week. I'm only down two going into week two. So this week we're mixing it up. We've got college football, NFL, and we're going to make a couple picks on MLB series uh, that are going to be weekend series that have wild card implications, my friend. So we got, I was wondering why the Yankees weren't involved. That's why. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I could have put them on here, but I don't want you to have to pick against your Yankees. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, you know, that's what I'd be doing. So, <laughs> so but uh, we're going to start on Saturday with a little college football action. We talked about it earlier. Nebraska is traveling to Colorado. Colorado coming off that huge win at TCU, and now they are favored by three and a half. Which really, when you're a home team, is it means it's a pick 'em game because um, mm-hmm. you get three for being home typically. But I think that that is maybe, you know, a little bit low based on what we saw. But, Kevin, I'm going to let you kick it off. How do you feel like this is going to shake out for the Colorado Buffaloes in Boulder? I know we say at the beginning of this segment, do not listen to us. Do not place bets because we tell you to. Don't, you know, don't take our advice. We're just doing this for us. Yada, yada, yada. Place your mortgage on Colorado to cover the spread. <laughs> place your children's mortgage on Colorado. Place the college fund. Place every amount of your 401k. The whole nine yards. I'm telling you, you will make your money back. Colorado is going to win this game easily. Yeah. The three and a half points, I feel like, is just free money. I feel like that's Vegas just wanting to fish to maybe see if people think that Colorado might be a fraud or something. I don't think that they are. Um, and I feel like this is just way too easy of a bet. Yeah. It's it's almost too easy of a win that it feels a little scary. Um, but I, most of the times I give these picks and sometimes I'll bet them, sometimes I won't. I will be betting a healthy amount on Colorado to, to cover the spread against the rest of the Please do not do any wagering based on what we say. Please. Right, 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 right. But if you did, this was the game to do it. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I, I It's wild now looking at it and thinking to myself, wow, three and a half. That seems like easy money for Colorado based on what we saw. It's a home game. How fired up is this team going to be? And now the spotlight's really going to be on them. So yeah. people are going to be watching. Nebraska's a big name coming in. This is a classic rivalry. Colorado's going to destroy Nebraska. Nebraska's no good. So No. Nebraska hasn't been good in a while. Yeah. And that ain't going to change on Saturday. 
So anyway, put put all don't put all your money on anything. Put all your money on Colorado. That's um, right. <laughs> all right. So now let's move on. We got a, a SEC another SEC ACC challenge with Texas A and M traveling to Miami. In this case, Texas A and M favored by a four. So Texas A and M minus four. Um, I guess we can just go back and forth. I'll, I'll start this one. So I, I think Texas A&M, they look good to me in week one. Um, Miami looked okay. I, I just, I don't know. I, You know, Texas A&M now has Bobby Petrino calling the offensive plays. I really think <laughs> that I think that makes a difference. Is he going to uh, say have a neck brace? He doesn't have a neck brace right now, but Miami <laughs> might want one after this game because I, I think Texas A&M is going to handle him pretty easy. I think for – it's going to be more like 10. I think Texas A&M wins. Really? Yeah, I think so. All right. Mark it down, everybody. I have Miami winning this one outright. Okay. I do. I think Texas A&M, they, they did look good last week. They're one of the few teams that were ranked pretty high that did look good. Um, or one of the bigger game, bigger names that looks pretty good. They looked good. Um I like Miami in the swamp. Texas and them don't play in that heat, man. You know how it is down in Florida. You know how it is. It ain't no joke. I mean, it gets hot in Texas. So Yeah, but there's Florida hot. There's hot and then there's Florida hot. Yeah. Uh, well. I, I I like I like the hurricanes. Um I don't know. I, I don't know why. I don't know why. I circled this game last week, I believe, as a game that I'd probably be betting on if, if the line came out the way that I wanted it to. And, and I like the plus points with Miami. I like them being a home underdog. And so I'm going to ride with the Canes this week. All right. I was going to go look and see what your, uh, if you look at the ESPN game cast on this one, I was just curious what the percentage is going to be. It's 53.2% Miami, according to the matchup. Predictor. Really? So, oh, it is. That's in your favor. Here we go. Yeah. All right. We mentioned it before. We got a big game coming up, a rematch of a better one of the better early season games last year. Texas is now traveling to Tuscaloosa. Alabama is a seven point favorite at home. Kevin, do you think that the experts have got it right? That's a crazy line for a three versus 11 game, I feel like. Um, Seven points is a lot when Alabama barely won last year. Um, I think Texas covers the seven. I think Alabama wins, though. Okay. You know what? Do it. I don't know. Old prediction. I'm looking at the board that we have, and I'm trying to see where I could get some differences from you. I think I am going to go with Texas, actually. Okay. I think I'm going to go with Texas to win. Okay? Jalen Milrow's not... I, I don't know that last week's Jalen Milrow is, is Jalen Milrow. I think that might be just a product of who he was playing. Um, I, when I, I don't know, man. I think of Jalen Milrow. I think of them barely beating Texas A&M last year. So, I... Uh, yeah, give me... Give me the horns. Say Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> give me, give me Bebo, Texas. Hook them. Remember Texas. You're not a state without University or without Tennessee. Just letting you know. Yeah. But 
Never Texas. forget that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know why you weren't convinced by Alabama's fifty-six to seven drubbing of MTSU last yeah. last week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, however, Texas only beat Rice thirty-seven ten. So, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit closer, not quite as impressive. And uh, yeah, I think Alabama, Alabama's Alabama. I, I don't know. I, I just going back to what we were saying about some of these previous matchups until I see Texas beat Alabama. I just don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Not in Tuscaloosa. I, I think Nick Saban's going to have the team focused, ready to go. I think Milrow's good. I, I think he's going to have a good game. So I'm going to Alabama. Um, and I think the seven, I think the seven's fine. I would take it. If, if you, if you made me take Alabama and the points, I would do it. Okay. I like it. You know, stick to your guns. Yeah. You're an SEC guy, you know, I like I it. Alabama. Well, most people do. Um, but yeah, I like that. You know, I was we're talking about Alabama. I saw a TikTok today that really pissed me off. Oh boy. Just pissed me off. Was it mine? Was I doing one of the dances and you hated it? No, I love your dances. Oh, okay. Um, it was an on-field view of them singing Dixieland Delight. Oh yeah. Last week. And I was like, dude, I know this is an argument that we've had, but I have to say it again. I mean, and this is an argument that everybody's had. I have to say it again. That song is not about Alabama. It has nothing to do with Alabama. That's a Tennessee song. It is. And so, you know, I don't know. If I was the guy, if I was a team, and I just went into a team, another team's house, and that team wins, and the first song that they play, not before Rocky Top, not before the Alma Mater song, not before All I Do Is Win, the first song they play is Dixieland Delight, <laughs> I'd probably not play that anymore in my stadium because that probably would bring up bad memories. But I'm not an Alabama fan, so I don't know. But I just want to let you guys know, we just let us know, especially Alabama fans, Dixieland Delight is a song written about the state of Tennessee. It's true. It's true. I mean, it's by, of course, it's performed by the group Alabama, but the songwriter, Ronnie Rogers, he, he's come out and said that that was about driving through Granger County, Tennessee. That's what that song yeah. is about. I mean, it says rolling down a backwoods Tennessee byway, not yeah. Alabama byway. Yeah. I mean, so when these but morons, yeah, at ten, when these morons at Alabama are singing this song, they're singing about driving in Tennessee. They don't comprehend what they're even singing. They're well, just- listen, listen, you can't you can't trust them. Have you, I don't know if you know, but one of their big cheers is Rammer Jammer Yellow Hammer Give Them Hell yeah. Alabama. It doesn't rhyme. It doesn't, it doesn't rhyme at all. It's not even words. <laughs> Y'all a bunch of idiots. Whatever. <laughs> That's another reason I hope Texas wins, so I don't have to hear that damn song again from you. I want to hear it from Neyland Stadium, not Bryant-Denny Stadium. Does it drive you crazy that both of the bands, the Florida and the Alabama game do that, or band do that, na-na-na-na-na-na, and that, Florida says, go Gators, and Bama says, roll tide. I'm like, does it not bother the both of you that you have the same, like, song that you play to fire your team up no no it does nothing beats oklahoma's band that's the most annoying band i've ever been around that band when they can't how they do the uh they do the 
I don't know how the little music that they do, but they do. They just play their band noise on third down. Just oh, they're not the only band that does that. I think that's oh, so, so, so crazy. crazy. By the way, it's it's so lame. It's yeah. so lame. Clemson was doing that at Duke, uh, I, and I know you went to bed because you needed your beauty sleep. But um, I did. That's that's a, it, it, when Duke was on uh, third down. The Clemson band was doing that, and I'm like. And I've seen bands do that when they when they come to Knoxville and and Tennessee's on third down. I'm like that. That is so lame. That is that's yeah. like, come on. It's cheap, is what it is. It's cheap. Yeah. It's a like you said. It's a bush league move. Yeah, and it, it's just stupid. If you're like kind of life. If your fans can't make enough noise to disrupt the team, you don't get to just blow your horns as loud as possible. As loud as you can, yeah. For just nonstop, either. That's the worst part is they don't stop. I'm like, damn, do y'all run out of breath? Yeah. Like, just blowing that horn. Circular but, breathing. Yeah, um, hey, speaking of fans that get really into to football games, uh, UCF is going to have to leave the bounce house this week. And yeah, they're taking a trip to Idaho to go visit the Boise State Broncos. So my question, so you at UCF is favored by three and a half in this game. And I'll be very honest, I haven't followed Boise State over the last couple of years, but I know that they had, you know, some pretty good teams back in the day. And of course, they've got that notorious blue turf. And we all know that it's difficult to travel cross country and and win a game. So in a close matchup, Kevin, do you think UCF can cover this three and a half point spread at Boise State. Yes. In a word, yes. Yes, I do. I like UCF. Um, very jealous that you're close to the bounce house uh, because I've always wanted to go there. But I'm a, I, I do like UCF. Getting back to the Scott Frost days, I've liked UCF um, to their 2017 national championship. That's right. But um, they got it on the press box. <laughs> I didn't come in that ever. No. Um, but I do like UCF in this game. I think UCF's pretty good. I I, I like to watch them. Um, I know earlier I I said I don't I I don't like it or I do like it when teams are a home underdog because I like to bet on them. Mm-hmm. Or you say it's a home underdog, but I, I don't like to bet on them. So I'm going with UCF. Okay. Yeah, I'm with I'm with you on that. I, I'm you know. I put this one in there because it's it's of local interest, being that it's right. I'm right down the road from UCF, and I did get to go to the bounce house when we first moved down in 2019. I went to see them play East Carolina, and uh, it was it was a really fun experience. We had great seats, and we got to see a, a fun game, and it was it was cool being part of that environment. So I haven't been back since, but I'd like to go to a game this year if I can get out there. So yeah, it's pretty I mean, cool. It's, it's really loud. Go to the space game this year. That would be fun. that'd be sick. Yeah, those uniforms are beautiful. Oh, I love it. I'm, I'm a big fan of space. I'm a big space nerd, so um, I'd like to I'd like to take that in. But yeah, let's let's go let's go Knights. You don't say Golden Knights anymore. The fans of UCF get mad if you say Golden Knights. It's just Knights. Go Knights. Oh, okay. Do they still say Charge On? They say Charge On, but they don't say okay, Golden yeah. Knights. Charge On, maybe Charge On. Also, they. This is a small sample, but from what I can tell, the UCF fans don't love the Citronauts thing. And I'm like, I don't know why you wouldn't. That is so unique. I, I think they should still be called the Citronauts. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, no, I like the Golden Knights better. I mean, I like the Knights, but I like Golden Knights. I think that's cool. 
Well, it's, it, you know, find another citronaut. It's kind of like the volunteers thing. I like I no, like the I've never the seen another citronaut. <laughs> well, a citru- they're they're in a, a citrus state, and they have a space tie-in, a space program tie-in. So yeah, I think that's I like that. You know, citronaut doesn't strike fear in an opponent, but well, does yeah. it volunteer? People don't even know. Listen, a volunteer will show up and volunteer and help you, baby. <laughs> Texas isn't a state without the volunteers from Tennessee. <laughs> I just think it's not into. Uh, there is a there's a small college. I can't remember where it is, um, but they also use the nickname the Volunteers. And I was like, mm, I'm not sure that's okay because it's not in Tennessee. So yeah, you can't have that. Sorry. Yeah. Um. All right. That was our college picks. We're moving on to the NFL now. It's time to get serious. We are mixing up the picks this week. So, Kevin, actually, I'm going to start this one. This, well, it's local interest to you still because you're you're a Tennessee resident, so you can kick it off. We got Titans at Saints. The Saints are a three point favorite in this one. Do you think that the Saints? are going to hold the home field or will the Titans come in with their brand new fancy receiver, Devonte Adams? Is that right? DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. That's what same, I'm saying. Same thing though. DeAndre Hopkins and, and uh, get a victory in new Orleans. What do you think? No, I went to a Titans game two weeks ago, a Titans preseason game. Let me tell you, they suck. <laughs> They're awful. The, the, they're the Tennessee turds again, buddy. Oh, no. They're not big on the Titans this year. Um, going down to the Superdome, everybody's talking about Alvin Kamara being suspended for the first uh, three games of the season, I believe, three or four games of the season. The Saints kind of saw this coming because they signed Jamal Williams from the Lions in the offseason, and I think he's a great running back. And I think they're going to fit in just fine. Um, so I like Saints covering the three-point spread against the Turds. Yeah. Um, just to be different, I'll, I'll pick the Titans in this one. Um, you know, I'm a, I, I'm still impressed with Derrick Henry. Um, I, I I think that, you know, the Titans are going to ride him until he just breaks. So Literally. Yeah. So I think that I think it will be a close game, but I think the Titans are going to do just enough to to win that game. So I'll, I'll go ahead and take the Titans in that one. Okay, I like it. I like All it. Right. Bengals and Browns. I like the in the in state rivalry here with Ohio. Of course, this is one of my Super Bowl picks. That's and, right. And then we've got the Browns, who now Deshaun Watson back for a full season. They should be you know, doing their thing. They've got Cedric Tillman to compliment Amari Cooper over there. They've still got, you know, a strong running game. And, um, yeah, I, I think this will be a fun game to watch. Honestly, it's a, a, a exciting week one matchup. Um, I, I think, you know, just based on, even though I picked the Bengals, hold on. I <laughs> No, you're not. Producer Joe, Mark Tape. <laughs> I'm struggling. No. Okay, I'm better. Ooh, we're only two hours in. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. I I think early in the season, even though I picked the Bengals to win 
this particular uh, or to to go to the Super Bowl. I think the Browns being at home, um, you know, they're gonna they're gonna have the dog pound in full effect. So I'm actually gonna pick the Browns in this one to win the game. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I don't. I don't agree with you. Um, I mean, I, li- I like that it, that you're going with the home team, the home doggy again in the dog pound yeah. with a dog at wide receiver, Cedric Tillman. Mm-hmm. Lots of dogs there. Um, Joe Burrow is also a dog. But will so he is he is, I believe, last I heard. If Joe Burrow doesn't play, then I'm 100% with you on the Browns. But as of today, as of recording, Joe Burrow has said – I'm back. I'm good to go. So I'm riding with my man Joe Shisey, who's a dog, throwing to two more dogs, and T. Higgins and Jamar Chase with a dog at running back. I like the Bengals. All right. Sounds good. I like it. Lots of dogs. And, and, I, and I can't hate on that because that's one of my Super Bowls. That's your Super Bowl, man. Yeah. All right. Now, I put this one on the list without even knowing the Bears were your sweetheart of the NFL. That's right. Duh, Bears. So we've got we've got Packers at Bears. And I put this one on the list because specifically Chicago is getting minus one in this game. So I mean, technically that means the Packers are favored if you if you use that right. three point home field advantage rule. But the Bears are your team, Kevin, so I have to assume that you think they're going to be able to win at home this weekend. That's right, buddy. The the evil the bad man's gone. The bad man's not haunting the bears anymore. And 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 I think that they're going to take advantage of it. I think Soldier Field's going to be rocking and I'm all in on the bears and Justin Fields having a great game. I think that one point spread is going to be very generous when you see the scoreboard after this game. I, I like the bears, I like the bears big yeah i'm gonna have to agree with you on this one i i'm shocked that the bears are only minus one um you know they the the bears they they got a boost to their receiving game this year um they added uh dj is it dj Moore? yeah dj Moore. yeah yeah so um you know that's gonna be a nice compliment for justin fields um and yeah i i, I don't know I, I jordan love I, he just doesn't do it for me so no, he's what's he going to do? He's I don't love him. He's not going to do anything. So, yeah. So I like, for the I, I like Justin Fields and his weapons with Cole Komet and Chase Claypool and, and now DJ Moore. Uh, I, 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 I'm with you there. I, I like the Bears. Yeah. And now we've got a primetime Monday night matchup. Very exciting. Speaking, speaking of the bad man. Yeah, that's right. The Bills <laughs> at Jets. Buffalo getting minus two and a half going into the Monday night matchup. And, you know, the Jets are getting all this preseason hype. Now Aaron Rodgers is in the house. They've got Dalvin Cook suiting up at running back. It's a whole new look Jets team, and they're still going to have a strong defense. Um, I, I, I'm buying into the hype just like you are, but I think I'm going to use my same mentality here and just say I think the Jets are going to be better as the season goes on. So I think the Bills are going to win on Monday night. What do you think? I think that if what I said earlier in the show is to happen, which is the Jets to win the division, then they would have to beat the Bills. 
and I don't think that they're going to beat the Bills when they play in Buffalo. So I'm going to go with the Jets. E-S. Jets, 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 Jets. However it goes. Um, uh, I like the Jets. I, I think we're going to be watching, you know, first take on Tuesday morning and Stephen A. Smith is going to be going on and on and on about Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, that's, that's just going to be the talk of the town. We're going to have to deal with it because I think he's going to have a really good game. And, and uh, you, you know that he really wants to win his first game there. You know, um, I think that he's – I think he realizes they're probably not a Super Bowl winning team this year. They're probably missing a couple of pieces, but he wants to get that first one under his belt. And, and he wants to be the center of the spotlight, the center of the news media attention. Uh, and nobody would do that than on Monday Night Football against the Bills in New York. All right. Well, I fully expect you to be right because, I mean, if, if history is any indication on anything <laughs> that we disagreed on here, you're going to be correct. Yeah. Um, all right. Now we've got our two series, MLB series, that we're going to pick for this weekend. And the first one I put, again, of local interest, but also, wow, did any team – have a bigger it's not a it's not a fall off the table but just like with with the way that the Tampa Bay Rays started this season and they've just sort of like ever since the All-Star break and actually leading into the All-Star break they've just been okay um it, it's it's wild to me that that they just sort of leveled off the way that they have and now now they got to fight for a uh, a wild card spot although they're in they're in pretty good position but they are um, they're at home. The Mariners are coming in for the weekend series. The Mariners um, are also fighting for a wild card spot. I, I, I'm just going to say I think the Rays are going to take the series at home. They they do well in that dump called Tropicana Field. Oh, that's a house of horrors for me. Please don't say that. It's a it is a piece of garbage. But um, but yeah, I think the Rays are going to win the series, and, and and I think they're going to get the wild card. I mean, they're in great position. I think out of all the people in the wild card race, the Rays have the biggest lead of any of the teams. So more than likely, I don't see them falling off enough to like just fall out of the wild card race. But yeah, I think they'll take the series. Okay, um, I was doing some quick research while you were doing it to see who is why you were making your pick to see who's pitching for these two teams. Mm-hmm. Um, this is tough because the Mariners are very hot. Um, they've kind of come out of nowhere again this season. They started off really bad, um, almost selling up the trade deadline. I I, I saw rumors of Teoscar Fernandez being traded, um, and then it's almost like August. Julio Rodriguez basically said, "I'm going to will this team." to the playoffs by myself if I have to. Um, I got to go with the Mariners. All right. Because I'm a Yankees fan, I can't pick the Rays. It's against my religion. Um, this and is a series. I knew you'd pick the Mariners. Yeah, it was. The Ra- this is a way for you to get a, get a, get a pick up on me, isn't it? <laughs> uh, because the Rays will probably win the series, but I, can't, I just can't bring myself to do it. Um, so I'm going to go with the Mariners. I like that Luis Castillo is pitching for them uh, in the first game of the series. And so I'll go with the Mariners. I like them. All right, yeah. I guess. Yeah, they, they, they definitely have had a stronger second half. I mean, if we're just going on, you know, second half of the season, the Mariners have, have performed better 
than right. the Braves have. So, well, yeah. than like any other team in baseball. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a I think it's a good matchup. And then finally, our last pick, our last series, Guardians at Angels. Again, this is another wild card matchup, and uh, Angels. The Angels are interesting, of course, because they have Otani, um, who now is is not a two way player for the rest of the season. Um, and and I think the Guardians are another one of those teams that they've gotten a little better as the season's gone on. So, uh-huh. you know, um, I and so you know, the, all that being said, do you have any strong feelings one way or the other on this one? Do you know my opinion on Otani? I don't know that I do. Do you love him? Do you hate him? Oh man. Okay. Well, now I'm going to sound like an asshole. <laughs> I can't stand this guy. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that. Everybody and their mother just loves themselves some Shohei Otani. Sure. And why not? Yeah. Because if Shohei Otani was not in baseball, Aaron Judge would have two MVPs. Aaron Judge probably Uh, should have three MVPs. Nobody would be talking about Shohei Otani all the time. They'd be talking about Aaron Judge all the time, who is actually my opinion, the best player in baseball, if you take Shohei Otani out of, if you say that he is not, if you can make him not a two-way player, make him a one-way player, you have to pick his pitching or his hitting, Aaron Judge is better. I I don't know, man. I get the love fair with Otani because he's a cute, cuddly little guy, and every time they put the camera on him, he's laughing around, having a good old time playing baseball and whatever. How can you hate on the guy? Don't you want to just like hang out with him? No, I don't. No, I don't. I'm an Aaron Judge guy. So who is Aaron Judge's biggest rival to win the AL MVP every year? Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani isn't in the league. Aaron Judge is racking up MVPs. And so for that reason alone, I can't like Otani. It's I can't do it. I can't. Now, if he goes to the Dodgers next year, if like the Angels trade with the Dodgers, or he signs with the Dodgers and free agency after next year, then sure, you know whatever. I won't have a problem with Otani because he won't be taking trophies from my guy. But he's taking trophies from my guy, and I don't like that. So, you know, in this household, we like Aaron Judge. My dog is named after Aaron Judge. This household, it's beans, rice, <laughs> Jesus Christ, and Aaron Judge. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I'm going with the Guardians then in this series because Otani doesn't play for the Guardians. Well, not for the same reasons as you, but I'm also going to go with the Guardians, and it's just because um, I also believe that um, they are they're just playing better baseball at this point, and Otani's only half a man. He's he's hurt. He's he's human after all, although he's doing just fine, I think, at the plate, but. It's funny because I remembered this when I picked this uh, matchup. I was like, oh, this is another wild card matchup. Well, not really, because both of them are like the Guardians are 10 games back in the wild card and the Angels are 12 and a half back. I think I just picked it because they had similar records. <laughs> right. When you said this was a wild card matchup, I was like, is it though? <laughs> you could have called my bullshit on that one. Because the Yankees could be, the Yankees are better than both these teams. <laughs> You're correct. You're correct. But, you know. I, I did. I I just again. I didn't want you to pick against the Yankees, and and you know, who are they playing this weekend? I don't. I don't even know. Off the top of my head, let me just pull up my handy dandy and Maps. The Milwaukee Brewers. 
Oh, so and Milwaukee's great. You know, not for nothing, Justin. I don't want to, you know, twist your arm or anything. The Yankees are eight and two in their last ten, 10 games. They're on a five game win streak. They're above five hundred for like the first time since the middle of July. We're hot. It ain't over till it's over. Okay. So I'm just saying I'm putting this out there as a diehard Yankees fan. We're six and a half games out of the wild card. Season is still a lot of season left. Crazier things have happened. 1978, the Yankees were 14 games out of the out of the playoffs on September 1st and won the World Series that year. Okay. So, you know. Well, then I'm, you're just giving credence to the fact that this uh, Guardians and uh, Angels matchup is valid because they're only 10 games back. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, you you know, sure. <laughs> sure. They're not the Yankees, but yes. Yes. It, all baseball games are valid. <laughs> Even right now, you know? Let the kids play. <laughs> well, um, I'm, I'm looking at the schedule for the rest of the year for the Yankees, and they've got to play Toronto twice. And they've Six got games Milwaukee. against Toronto. They've got Milwaukee. They've got Boston four games, and they've got three at Kansas City. Yep. I mean, it's not an easy road if they're going to make it, if they're going to make the log. Listen, Aaron Boone, the manager of the Yankees, slapped the table last year when asked about some kind of question. I forget what he asked, what was asked, but he slapped the table and said, it's right in front of us. We just have to take it. Okay. And the Yankees, I mean, it's the same thing. Slap the table. It's right in front of them. You beat Toronto six times. You beat Boston four times. You win the rest. Have to win the rest yeah. of those games. Just win out, man. Why not? <laughs> Who's stopping you? You know, I mean, why not? But it, it, you win against Boston. You win against Toronto, and in. Theoretically, you should win the rest of, rest of those games. Not all of them, but the majority of them. I believe I read somewhere that they have 25 games left. Yeah. And they have to go win like 22 of them. Yeah. To, to get in. So, do I, is, is it realistic to say it's going to happen? No. That doesn't happen in baseball. But crazier things have happened. Yeah. And, and, and like I've said, they're finishing the season against one of the worst teams in baseball this year. So, right. And like I've said, if if the Yankees get into the playoffs, I'll tell you this right now. What's today's date? September six. The Yankees get into the playoffs. They will win the World Series. I'm I'm saying it. Well, you can say that because they're not going to get in the playoffs. So you're totally yeah. safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they get into the playoffs, they will win the World Series. Okay, I'll buy that because if they make the playoffs, they're playing the best baseball of any team in in the majors. So one hundred percent, yeah. And I'll buy into that. Atlanta, you Braves fans, you better pray every night that the Yankees don't make the playoffs because if they do, and they beat the Braves in the World Series, I'm, it doesn't matter who they beat in the World Series. If the Yankees make the playoffs and win the World Series, y'all might as well just block me on Twitter, everybody, because I'm gonna be. Unfathomable. Well, thank God I'm not on Twitter anymore. I don't have to deal with this. <laughs> X. Yeah. The, the thing that I've followed all year long, and just this is my last comment, and then we can wrap it up. Um, 
because I've been watching the standings. I've been I've been following, of course, the Padres from a distance and then watching what the Rays were doing and just kind of keeping up with with standings overall throughout the year. And and of course, I caught De La Cruz fever with the Reds there for a while. And another guy. But I mean, he's fun. He's fun. But the thing that has fascinated me all year is that the Miami Marlins have somehow stayed like in the upper third of the National League having a negative run differential all year. Mm-hmm. And and right now it's negative 34, but like previously it was in the 50s and they're just hanging around. So it's like when they lose, they get blown out, but when they win, they only win by one or two, but they're just hanging around. <laughs> they are. They're just they're just there. Yeah. The Marlins are just there. They they I check the wild card standings pretty much every day now, especially because now my team is like dependent on the wild card to make the postseason. So I check it pretty much every day. And even to this day, it still astonishes me that they're there, that the Marlins are there. Like, you guys, there they are. Shouldn't be there. (laughs) That's that's, that's not right. <laughs> I, it's fascinated me, and I've enjoyed that. That's been a fun thing to follow all year. So right now they're in; they are technically above the line to be a wild card team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't think they'll stay there because Sandy Alcantara just got put on the IL for mm-hmm. 15 days, and Jorge Soler just got put on the IL for 15 days. So I think the Marlins' dream season is probably coming to an end. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I think for me, the biggest thing in baseball this season as a Yankees fan, has been the giant disappointment of the Yankees. Um, not being able to watch her baseball player, my favorite athlete every day, has not been very fun. I don't like when Aaron Judge gets hurt. It's not very fun. Um, and then I think the other thing is the freaking Atlanta Braves, dude. Yeah. I've never seen anything like this. I mean, this is... No, I'm not going to say it. I almost said it, but I'm not going to say it. They're not the best team in baseball history. Um, but they're the best team that I've seen since the 1998 Yankees. Uh, I mean, it, it's better than the 2001 Mark Mariners that won 114 games. This Braves lineup is just unstoppable. There's no easy outs. I say this as they lose to the Cardinals tonight. <laughs> but... Who are, who is one of the worst teams in baseball this season? <laughs> um, but I mean, the Braves are the Braves are for real. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 been a tough season for your boy. I will say that I haven't liked it very much. I know, and I hate that for you. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can hear the through just hating that for me in your voice. I hate that well, for you. How, how often do, do it? Do you have to go through this as a Yankees fan? Like the, it doesn't happen. So no, it doesn't. I, I don't that. think. Yeah. I think the last time that they called up all these rookies like this was like 2016. So it, it's, it's been a minute, but, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just want it to be done. If we're not going to play us, if we're not going to make the playoffs, I just want it to be done. Hey, well, speaking of being done, I think we should finally be done with this episode. What do you say? I think we should be done, too. Yeah. This is a decent, decently sized episode. I promise they won't all be this long. I think Joe, our engineer, has probably gone to bed at this point. He's given up on us. He's he, Yeah. He, he totally probably missed the part where I was choking on my own mucus in my throat. I almost died. Couldn't speak. 
Uh, Definitely. Well, um, I believe he'll, he'll find it. He'll, he'll listen. He'll look at the time that we've been recording and be like, nah, it's okay. <laughs> but it's been another good one, Kevin. It has. I love it. I love doing this with you. Sometimes we go long, but it's just fun, you know? So sometimes we just talk and that's okay. This is the sound engineer. Are you guys done yet? There he is. (laughs) Were your ears burning? No, I was listening the whole time. Oh. (laughs) I was watching the clock tick and tick and tick. Joe's been sitting at his desk for two hours. (laughs) Joe, uh, Kevin prepares way too much for these episodes every week. We're We're going to have to have an intervention. (laughs) We're going to have to cut this down. Yeah, this is my fault, guys. I'm sorry I'm right all the time. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Well, all right. Well, I think think we should say uh, a thank you to everybody for listening this week. Um, Thanks for coming back again. Thanks for listening last week, Kevin. Wonderful prep for the show today. Nicely done, my friend. And and Joe, shout out to you, best engineer in the business, making us sound great. I'm excited to get this thing going, and and, and uh, Kevin Kevin's supposed to be working on a logo for us, so hopefully we'll see that soon. We'll be seeing that very soon. That's just a matter of me getting artful with my designs, but we'll be seeing that soon. Uh, yeah, thank you, Justin, for coming on here with me and dealing with me for this amount of time, and everybody for listening. And like I said, Joe, this thing couldn't happen without you, so thanks for sitting at your computer for this amount of time and giving us your evenings. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. All right. All right, then we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of moonshine and scoreboards. Moonshine and scoreboards is a tri M production and is hosted by Kevin Scott, Landon Dome and Justin Krutzinger. Our engineer is Joe, the engineer. If you like the show, Please leave us a review on iTunes, Google Podcast, or anywhere you get your podcast. You can email us at moonshineandscoreboards at gmail.com. Subscribe, tell a friend, and come back next week for all of the fun, the games, the moonshine, and of course, the scoreboards. Scoreboards.